Late Night Conversations, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. A-teamers, uh, we are still on it. Uh, we are going to be talking about um, the world of science. We know that uh, things are changing constantly, but is science also changing to um, improve and adjust with uh, the new changes when it comes to uh, technology and with the fourth industrial revolution? Well, we're talking to Kevin Govender about this uh, shortly. At 11 o'clock, uh, the final bulletin for the evening comes in and uh, Zuleka Kodash is going to be delivering that to us. After that, we are going to be speaking about uh, issues that are very intimate in the closet conversations. So let me remind you that no one under the age of 18 should be tuned in. But uh, just as a hint, we'll be joined by Dr. Natalia uh, Novikova, who's a gynecologist and a general and anesthetic and endoscopic surgeon. So it's going to be quite an interesting one. So please do tune in and interact with us on WhatsApp on 06 614-104-107 or you can call in on 011-714-2006 SMSs go to 41391 Okay, let me just introduce our next guest, uh, Kevin Govender, who's a director of the International Astronomy Astronomical Union Office of the Astronomy for Development. Kevin, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks very much, Patricia. Well, you know, we know that uh, the fourth industrial revolution is already at our doorsteps, and some are even starting to talk about the fifth industrial revolution. So Industry 4.0 is already here, but is there such a thing as Science 4.0, Kevin? Well, this is the thing. We, we, we've, we've tried to, to draw a parallel with uh, the fourth industrial revolution and what's happening in science at the moment. Um, remember, the fourth industrial revolution, you know, when, uh, the time that it really took off was when, uh, was when we didn't have a global pandemic on our hands. And uh, how... Uh, the technologies and uh, and the tools that we use have helped us to deal with this pandemic and how it's helped us to move science forward is something that uh, you know we we we're, we're we're trying to reflect on how science is changing and how we need to get on board with making science relevant to here to now to today's challenges and in making it relevant, we are aware that science is one of those areas where um, uh, there's always a lot of uh, skepticism, but all, also a lot of interest in science. Um, could you talk to us about the Budapest Open Access Initiative that took place in 2002? Yes, well, uh, this is sort of uh, uh, the start of a global movement that has taken hold uh, that's referred to as open science. And the basic principles of open science is that when we, when we do science, when we explore something, when we, when we try to figure out these big problems in, in nature, uh, in society, we want that process to be open, to be accessible to people. We want scientists to be able to share their work, to be able to share their, their data freely. And science would work better if everything was open. Now, 
how science has been done prior to this idea of open science was that scientists would do some research, they would publish it in journals, and then other scientists would have to buy those journals and and then read about um, uh, the work of their fellow researchers. Open science is about making that openly accessible. One scientist does some work, shares it with other scientists, other scientists uh, have a look at that and they build on that work. And in that way, science can move faster, more efficiently and, and have better results. So obviously openness of data, methods, software and results is one of the key things that came out of the Budapest Open Access Initiative. But when you say that, you know, in everything there should be openness, we know that science has not been one of those areas where there's been total openness. Um, it's, it's almost like scientists are a different breed from the rest of us human beings. <laughs> Yeah, and I think, uh, uh, you know, part of the fault is with scientists themselves, <laughs> but it's also uh, um, it's also one of those things, you know, science, uh, you ask many people on the street, you know, uh, what do you think about science or math? And they're like, ooh, those are hard subjects, you know. It's, it's almost like we traumatize people at school level, you know, thinking that science and maths are really hard. Well, and, they are. Kevin, and, let's be honest, they are. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not saying they're not. But what I'm saying is that people are traumatized in that, they, you know, if you say science, then there's a block or they, you know, they don't want to engage in conversation. The reality is that, you know, the scientists working in labs and stuff, yes, they're very intelligent people doing very cool stuff. But the reality is that it, you know, the public has a right to know what science they are doing. And it, it is possible to explain, for scientists to explain what they are doing to the general public. And that is where, you know, science can be more accessible to the public. For example, I work, um, I work at an astronomical observatory. Uh, um, uh, you know, the kind of work that they do with these big telescopes out in Sutherland and so on, uh, you know, it, it, it really, it's really complex. But the spirit of it is simple. You know, if, if, we, if we're looking at big questions, we're trying to figure out w- what's going on in that star. We're trying to figure out what are black holes, what are galaxies. And explaining that big picture is important because when the public understands science, then they will appreciate that science goes behind making vaccines, that science goes behind your cell phone, that, that science can be trusted because uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a solid method behind that problem solving. So, Kevin, you know, when we are looking at science in the African context, and when I'm saying African context, I I traveled to Ethiopia at some point. And um, the one thing that I did learn that things like astrology um, are believed to have originated from that side of the earth, from Ethiopians, that's what they say. And... um, we as Africans believe that we have our own ways of science. So how does science merge with where we are now um, in discovering who we are as Africans and then putting that out to the world? Because I think that's one of the narratives that a lot of Africans would be keen to know about, as opposed to science that's airy-fairy and too complex for us to understand. That's an excellent question. I think the most important thing to remember about science 
and about uh, um, our indigenous knowledge is that um, exploring um, our environment has always been a part of our human nature. Our ancestors asked questions in the same way that scientists today ask questions. Um, the, 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 the sort of uh, looking up at the sky and wondering what stars are, uh, looking at a certain plant or, or an animal and, 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 and trying to figure out, you know, whether this is safe to eat. Uh, um, our ancestors were scientists too. They explored, they, they tried to come up with explanations. And it is an evolution uh, um, of how we approach it. Um, you know, what we refer to as, uh, what people often refer to as modern science is not uh, uh, um, sort of so, uh, uh, so separate from our ancestors trying to figure out the world. It is about using the tools and techniques of the current day to, to answer the problems that we, uh, uh, we shared with our ancestors. But why is it, Kevin, that we've never uh, had the narrative, the African narrative or any ancient narrative, not only just African, let's say the Asian narrative of science. And it's always come across as if it's a Western um, notion that has been put across from scientists with any science discovery or investigations that have been done. Look, um, the sad part of it is that, you know, this goes back the days when when Africa was colonized and where you know the Western way becomes the way um, uh, um, and 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 we've suffered from this not just in science but in all subjects but the reality is that things are changing it's that African scientists are, are, are holding their own in the world um, projects like the square kilometer array uh, um, uh, in South Africa, we have one of the world's best radio telescopes uh, called the Kuru Array Telescope. And that has, has completely astounded the rest of the world that in Africa we could build a telescope, explore some of the hardest problems imaginable by any human being, and, uh, uh, and do it uh, from this continent. We're changing that narrative. And, uh, um, and, and, and in, in many other sciences too, we are setting an example and we are, we are showing how Africa can play, a re- uh, can play a leading role in advancing human knowledge. We are talking to uh, Kevin Governor, who is the director at the International Astronomical Union Office of Astronomy for Development. And we're looking at the ever-changing science scene and if this is a good thing for us and uh, should we be embracing it? Uh, From what Kevin is saying, it seems we should be embracing it. I'd like to hear from you, Atima, what do you think uh, is um, the best approach to looking at science right now? And we do know that science scientists are not are, are not the weird people we think but Kevin says they they do quite cool stuff and that's the stuff I want to know about call in on 011-714-2006 and ask what this cool stuff is because I'm also very keen to know or you can whatsapp on 0614-104-107 this is SAFM late night conversations 10 minutes to 11 
SMS SAFM now on 41391. Tweet at SAFM Radio and at Patricia N. Dooley. We are speaking to Kevin Governor, who's a director at the International Astronomical Union Office of the Astronomy for Development. And we're looking at the ever-changing world of science. A-teamers, we've got eight minutes left before the 11 o'clock final news bulletin with Zolagat Kodashi. So please do join in on the conversation. Quite an interesting one. So Kevin, what are some of these cool things that you say scientists do? Because uh, definitely science has gone beyond the gray-headed man with uh, a balding head or receding hairline (laughs) and glasses that just look too uh, thick for us to be able to see his eyeballs. Um, I mean, with the likes of you in the world of science, clearly there are some cool stuff. Could you tell us about them? Well, uh, you know, right now I think a big thing that's on everyone's minds is the the COVID-19 pandemic. And, you know, Scientists from all of the world are coming together, uh, have come together to produce a vaccine, to advise um, our government, um, and to and to really uh, uh, um, help you know move the world past this this global crisis. Um, but you know, here in South Africa, we have so much interesting science going on. Um, uh, um, we have the national the national research foundation that that uh, that funds through through the funds from the from the from the department of science and innovation um, a huge number of research projects ranging from climate science to astronomy to paleontology um, i just learned today about some incredible work being done out here in the cape plus at the university of the western cape on on solar uh, solar panels, new ways of building solar panels cheaply. I mean, imagine if uh, we use that research, use that technology that's developed uh, uh, here in Cape Town, where where I'm based, uh, uh, um, uh, to to position South Africa as a producer of solar panels to solve our electrical problems, uh, our electricity problems um, in South Africa by uh, by grabbing the sun's energy, uh, these are all things that um, you know. Once, once, once that looking at um, at at the uh, at the work that universities are doing, that national research facilities are doing, we find that South Africa is really one of the world leaders in terms of uh, um, of of solving challenges through science. Very cool stuff, I must say. Stuff that really is like superhero stuff, saving the world. Okay, so Kevin, there's also the, the the issue of artificial intelligence, something that technology has really taken to another level. How is science, um, you know, taking advantage of uh, AI? Well, this is an exciting area, and 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 it's always uh, named when people talk about the fourth industrial revolution. Well, in science, imagine uh, when it comes to artificial intelligence. Firstly, what is it? Artificial intelligence is about uh, is about our computers uh, uh, um, learning and being able to uh, um, to do somewhat what humans can do with our brains. 
So, so for example, uh, uh, looking at an image, and we can tell the difference between a dog and a cat. It's not that easy for a machine to be able to do it. But these days, with the amount of computing technology we have, we can get a computer to tell that difference between the dog and the cat. Now, uh, uh, take this a few steps forward, and you can get a machine to, to, uh, um, to help you solve problems. For example, you put in a lot of data about, let's say, the climate, and, uh, um, and, and you get the machine to, to learn and to, and, and to come back to you and say, you know, if, if this is the way all this, uh, say, environmental data is going, then this is what's going to happen to the climate. We're going to have a drought coming up next year or in 10 years' time or so on. And so that artificial intelligence is about using the computing capability that we have today to, uh, um, to help us to, to basically supplement our human brain with intelligence coming from the computers. Very interesting. I've got a message here from Wandile Mabokela, who's in the Northwest. Wandile says, um, good evening, my Mantuli and the team. Thanks for asking all the relevant questions in this aspect. It is like you're speaking through me, especially on the indigenous scientific front. We are scientists and teachers long before colleges. You're on fire, Mumpad. Thanks for a good show, as always. So, Wandila agrees with me. We need that African narrative to come through. We need to put Africa on the mark when it comes to where science originates from and, and, and some of the discoveries that we've made as Africans. Don't you think so? Kevin. Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, um, you know we we uh, over the last last uh, um, say ten years or so we've we, we've really been uh, uh, um, uh, well in my field at least uh, I know about the astronomy field the best uh, uh, and we've really been been positioning South Africa and Africa as a continent as world leaders in, in one of the most challenging sciences there is. Astronomy is one of those things that uh, uh, has, has really challenged human imagination over the years. Mm. And uh, we've done things like establish an African astronomical society uh, um, that aims to be a pan-African body bringing together astronomers and astronomy students from across the continent, celebrating not just the science that we can do uh, uh, with modern telescopes, but also the indigenous knowledge about the stars uh, that has led us to uh, to where we are today, uh, uh, the way that our ancestors used stars for agriculture, for navigation, and so on. Um, we've also uh, sort of positioned this country and this continent in such a way that International Astronomical Union, which is the biggest body of uh, of professional astronomers, will have their their massive meeting, the General Assembly uh, uh, of all astronomers around the world uh, here in South Africa, on the African continent for the first time in 2024. And this is, this is all coming about because of this massive growth in, um, in, in, in this particular field of science.
But I know that this is happening also in other fields of science. Well, Kevin, I'm going to ask you to please make sure that in 2024 I'm invited to this huge gathering because <laughs> as one who's keen on African Indigenous knowledge and uh, w- one who wants to advocate for it, it would be lovely to see who the pool of uh, astronomers you have there and scientists you have there representing Africa and just to hear what they share. So please do uh, invite us. It's been such a great pleasure speaking to you. But before we let you go, tell us about, um, you know, the, the 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 advancements that we should be looking forward to in science well i think right now the biggest thing in science is about getting things right in terms of this global pandemic but uh but in terms of advancements in science as science evolves it's using the 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 current technology and and one of the biggest areas is is is, is the area of big data so to speak so so being able to process and analyze huge amounts of data because because with when we can handle massive amounts of data then we can learn so much more but Kevin, it's been such a great pleasure having you. I look forward to engaging on science. Now you've made me someone who's very keen. I was not very good at science at school, although I took it up until grade 12. But it was a, a, a grudge, you know. But now I think science is the coolest thing ever after speaking to you. Thank you very much for joining us. No, thank you very much. It's much appreciated.